0: Love, talk, radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the Pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education.
1: Happy Horns and Hump Day, Pagans Tonight Radio listeners. You are tuned in to Great Right Radio. We're so glad that you made us part of your Wednesday night. You are listening to All Acts of Love and Pleasure, the show where we talk about love, sex, relationships, queer issues, and more, all from a pagan perspective. We'd love it if you would come on in and be part of the show with us tonight. You can do that by joining us in the chat room here at PaganTonight.com by calling in the U.S. at area code 347-308-8222 or dropping us an email at actsofloveandpleasure at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash love and on Twitter at loveandpleasure, and that's at love, L-U-V, and pleasure. We always try to share great stuff on our social media during the show, and we want to hear what you have to say. Uh, As always, I am Dr. Susan.
2: And I am Michael Graywolf.
1: And welcome to All Acts of Love and Pleasure. Uh, This is our Beltane show, which is, you know, I guess it's it's the 2nd of May, so it's hooray, hooray, the 2nd of May. Outdoor, (laughs) as a friend of mine put it, consensual adult relations begin today. Um, It's a fertility festival. It's the beginning of spring. It's got all kinds of uh, wonderful, fertile sexual energy around it. Uh, and it's also a holiday that a lot of uh, same-gender living and queer folks sometimes don't see themselves in because at least in the traditional Wiccan framework, it's uh, pretty heteronormative. So we're going to talk about that tonight and play some tunes and uh, help you bring a little queer magic into your Beltane season. But first, it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on. We've run some uh some well some reruns uh, as both Michael Grey and I have had some stuff going on out there in Muggle Life. So uh let's take a moment to catch up. How are you doing, Michael?
2: I'm doing pretty well actually. Been uh a bit of a roller coaster trying to get everything, you know, together since I started the new job and, you know, trying to get my schedule, you know, down with um and whatnot. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's been a little hectic, but I'm, I think I have everything worked out. Um, Excellent. Because you know I have you know this show that I do with you, and then I have my other show that I do with my uh, brother Matthew, walking down Main Path, and I have to make sure I get the days off when well, they not the days off, but I'm off work in time to make it home for.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, The show because I've gone from working early morning to working like during the day and it like a normal shift for me is about seven seven to eight hours so I'm either closing or I'm getting off a couple hours before closing so I have to make sure that you know on the days where I have the show I'm getting off a couple hours before closing.
1: That.
2: Yes, yes. But and no more early mornings. Violence. Yeah, no more early mornings. But, you know, it's been a pain <laughs> to, like, be productive in the morning now. I'm, like, <laughs> laying in bed. I'm, like, oh, I have so much time before work. Uh, I really should get up and go do something. But the bed's so comfy. And it's made me just kind of lazy lately. So I have I have to get that, you know, back on course because, the whole trying to get my work schedule figured out has also affected my gym time. So I have I feel uh-huh. like I've put on a little of weight since I started work.
3: <laughs> I haven't okay.
2: doing much exercise. But you know, I I know I have been working a lot, but I, I I we were just talking about you've been working a lot too.
1: I have. I, I made a job change and um it has not quite been what I thought it was going to be. I will admit that. Um, I moved into a position where I was telecommuting and working from home, and I thought that was going to give me a lot of time to do the other things that I value. Um, that has not been the case, and so I have some decisions to make, because um, I like the actual work that I'm doing, but the, kind of the environment and the expectations are not, um, that's, they're, they're not lining up with um, the way the job was described to me when I was hired. So mm-hmm. I have got to make some decisions and it's never fun to be on the job market. Um, it's really not fun to be on a job market with a doctorate, but I am determined to make this into a growth opportunity. So we're going to figure it out. Um, my, all my astrology this year is about getting my side hustle turned into my main hustle. So I'm ready when Jupiter comes home to my sign. Um, so, I'm just trying to push my way through it's been uh, those those of you who kind of follow me on social media and and blog know it's been um it's been a challenging spring uh, and I know it's been a challenging spring for a lot of people so um gonna see what happens as we move into this like more fertile period and and uh hope that we all get get it figured out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I, I know neither of us, speaking of, of sort of you know, work and everything, neither of us managed to make it to CMA Beltane. Oh, was that last I weekend or the weekend before? It was
2: the last um, weekend. It was
1: so sad. Yeah. yeah, we were really trying to figure it out. And um, so we're, we're sorry for people that, that we missed. And I know you're. I'm watching everybody ramp up for PSG now, too. <laughs> <So> like, oh, <laughs> not, oh, I know this year next year next year next year at Tall trees um so yeah it's 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 hard to believe that we're we're not quite halfway through the year because we're not at midsummer yet but uh the year is is slipping away i just woke up and it was it was may um, i know so watching everybody get ready for for trips and festival season and and all of that is uh like, whoa um and i guess, well, i guess depending on how this all shakes out i could go to PSG, but it's uh, <laughs> a lot of money and a lot of time to spend. So, but um, mm-hmm. for next year, to, but I know, and, and we're gonna have the uh, Rainbow Camp coordinators on here in a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
2: I, I was actually just I was actually just pulling up the calendar, <laughs> making sure I put all the, the confirmed guests that I've recently gotten on. Um, yeah, on May 16th, we'll be getting uh, just e- either both or one of them. Jesse and Sharif who are the rainbow camp coordinators for uh, PSG um, oh, yeah May 16th I said that already <laughs> And then the following Excellent. the following show, May 30th we're going to be having um, some of the guys from Green Ferry Grove on who are the cord, which is the coordinating group for between the worlds which is a spiritual gathering for men love men that takes place in Ohio. Excellent.
1: Excellent. I know I've got a bunch of people on our calendar. There's so much happening. I'm going to get some of the Queer Magic contributors, and, um, and people are kind of coming out of their their caves now with the spring. It's been a kind of a, a cool, wet spring here in Texas, and I feel like
3: mm-hmm.
1: now the last couple of days, we're, we've gotten our, like, three days of spring, and now it'll be summer next week. But um, and, you know, seeing people being a lot more forthcoming. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm? and speaking of Queer Magic coordinators,
1: if
3: you're
2: interested, Dr. Susan and I are both featured in a queer magic anthology that was put together by our dear friend uh, Lee Harrington and his uh, his uh, co uh, what's the word I'm looking for co sure. co-editor <laughs> uh, Ty Felix. And if I if I saw some of the no- we get notifications because we're co- we were uh, contributors. So if I saw if I remember correctly the first run. Of the book has already kind of sold out.
1: It has, it has. It'll be coming out on. I think it's out on Kindle too. But the first, uh, the first run has run out, which is always nice for a small indie press. We like that. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to link the book through our our website for people who might want to order a copy. Uh, there has been some discussion about getting it on to Audible. We haven't managed to work that out yet.
2: Oh, that that would be interesting, Uh I I love audiobooks. Oh, it It's so much easier to listen to a book than to sit down and read. Cause if I sit down, I'm going to fall asleep.
1: <laughs> Indeed. It's, it, it, and I, I think it really does. You know, I mean, it's got the obvious accessibility um, for people mm-hmm. who are blind or have visual differences. Um, and I, I really hope that we can work it out. Like we're, it's literally like, it came up on one of my threads and Lee was like, well, here's what would need to happen for that to happen. We're like, okay. Um, Let's, let's think about that. Um, Mm -hmm. I may, because um, as authors uh, in our particular contract, um, we kept first rights. So we are allowed to republish our pieces from the book anywhere we want. Um, Then I may go ahead and read my essay as a um, audio file and make it available on my website for people who want, to, who want or need to be able to listen to the text. Uh, so I had to figure out how to do that. I got a meeting tomorrow with my webmistress, but um, you know, Lee said that is a thing that, that any of us can do. Um, mm. So that's, that's pretty cool. It's, it's a beautiful book. Um, it's called Queer Magic, Power Beyond Boundaries. It's, I just haven't read all of it yet um, because it's just one of those things where you want to savor it. Um, but I I don't know about you, Michael, but I'm just sort of stunned that I get to be in the print company of the absolutely brilliant people who are in that book.
2: Well, please, it, you've it been published before. So, I, I've I, never been published it, before, but so I'm just kind of like, it, wait, this is real. I've actually been put oh, it, in it, a book.
1: And, and that never gets old. That never gets old. What? I just looked at proofs for... Uh, book that I am going to uh, that I'm in that's coming out in October called Sex Ethnographic Encounters and it was mm-hmm. just as like squee worthy as the, the 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 very first time that I got published in something. And actually that um that chapter is about paganism and uh, what studying sex can tell us about paganism. So I will boost that book through through the show and the and the page when it comes out. I think I'm I'm very proud of it. But
3: mm.
1: It is. It's kind of an intense feeling to see your name in a book, isn't it?
2: Uh, I, it? It's really weird for me because, you know, when I look at the other people who are in the book, I'm like, okay, these are people who have been open for their authors their doctorates and all this. Stuff. I'm like, I have none of that. Why am I in the book?
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> you had something to say.
2: Well, you had something yeah. to say. It's kind of funny. No, because it is. I have, I have some friends who, uh, with some of the guys from uh, Between the Worlds, who are like, "So you're going to autograph this for me when you come for BTW, right?" I'm like, "Sure,
3: <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh huh." No,
1: it it is. It's a it's a it's a heady feeling. It never does get old. Um and I, I'm hoping they're going to put out a second volume of this at some point, put out another collection, because there's everything in this book from rituals to poetry to, you know, um, more academic and scholarly pieces to, you know, pieces of personal notices. Like there's it's the whole gamut. Um, so it's, you know, anybody who's looking for looking to queer their magic, this is a decent place to start. And, you know, and then, of course, you go to Amazon and it says people who bought this also bought this and there's all kinds of fabulous stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, fall, down, fall down that rabbit hole. But um, Lee and Ty have put together something really lovely and they are appearing um, at a lot of places around the country promoting the book. Um, there are places where other authors will be with them. I know they're working out getting to DC Pride um, and some other places. So we'll, we'll keep you all posted about that as well.
2: And if you are someone who has, like, an occult shop or, you know, any type of pagan magical place that would like to feature the book, you know, get in touch with uh, Lee Harrington. Because um, he's, he's constantly, you know, on social media asking, does anyone know of any place near this town that would want to do, like, a book signing or, you know, something like that? So if you're interested, you know, please get in touch with Lee or Ty. And uh, see what y'all can make happen,
1: or you can get get in touch with us, and we will put you in touch. You can email us at, at acts of love and pleasure at gmail dot com. Um, mm-hmm. I talk to Lee probably once a day. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm working out um, bringing either bringing on some of the uh, our our co contributors on individually, or or uh, bringing some people on as a panel. Um, there's I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much we could probably do, you know, four or five episodes out of that book. So we're working that out, see how that's going to sort of all come together. But there's some really, really brilliant and um, really diverse perspectives in that book, which I think is super important Um, because we talk a lot about queer folks in pagan and magical communities. Uh, We don't always talk about what it is to sort of queer your magic and Mm -hmm. use that framework. I know there are people out there doing really fabulous work, um, but it's a a conversation that we can, can really have and, and, and jump into, um, which is what we're here to do tonight. We're going to talk about queering Beltane, which, you know, I queer everything. Um, I can't (laughs) even think straight, Uh, (laughs) but how do we sort of go um, beyond or how do we become inclusive of ideas that aren't necessarily the sort of heteronormative, normative binary um so yeah we're going to be using a lot of fun, funky vocabulary um and how do we sort of bring in that lovely queer energy into a into this sabbath if it's if it's a sabbath you celebrate and you know how do you start thinking about how to kind of queer up the wheel of the year um let's get in with some music though because it's not Beltane until you've jumped the fire so Let's start in with some Sentinel Grove.
0: Roar, roar. Roar, roar. Roar.
1: Grand is as they say the um, lovers are the reason for the season right I love that song I, I love that I, I am the first to say that I am skeptical of a lot of what is marketed as pagan music um, but Sentinel Grove is definitely a, a, amazing um, mm-hmm. there's so much fun I've, I've not gotten to see them live ever um, uh, and I well, don't know that I ever will, but
2: well, at, at the moment they're on a little bit of a break because they all got really busy. So right. the band's not broken up or anything, but you know, they are taking a break to focus on other stuff I, and then they're
1: going to come back. I thought I remembered that you said they were on kind of a hiatus that they weren't breaking up, but they just weren't doing any, any touring or anything new right now. Um, so yeah. we will content ourselves with what is here in the opinions tonight, Radio catalog, and we we do love us in Sentinel Grove. Um, I didn't actually build myself a little belting fire last night. I'm gonna have to wait till this weekend, but I am uh, looking forward to to lighting up my little cauldron. And it's not quite the same as being around a 40 foot tall bonfire in the woods, but
2: yeah,
1: you adapt as you need to. Mm-hmm. So that is that's yeah, and you know it's it's not that's the whole point of magic, right? Is it can be whatever you want. And, yep. uh, that was, I, I think that's a, a great way to kind of launch off of is, you know, a lot of pagans, at least here in the U S tend to practice on some version of the wheel of the year, some, some version of the, the Wiccan calendar
3: mm-hmm. kind of
1: built around the cycles of the earth, even though we all almost all live in cities now. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's a whole, that's another, that's another episode. We will have that episode on, on urban witchcraft. Um, You know, in that sort of traditional uh, Wiccan round, it's all based very much around the relationship between the male and a female principle. I like the terms active and magnetic, but it's talked about in very gendered terms, um, very much centered around those principles as embodied in a male god and a male goddess, and as in male humans and female humans as sort of a reflection of those. It's all very binary. And, and all very heteronormative, which is not to say that it's not also beautiful, but that is, I, I think Beltane is the, the holiday that it's sometimes the hardest to mm. see an alternate, um, kind of interpretation. Cause it is, it's all, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all about the sex in the woods, right? Um, it's all about fertility and, yeah, and springtime and definitely a, um it's a very joyful holiday. It's a holiday where a lot of people engage in kind of their more hedonistic sides. Um, but because it's so focused on in a lot of places and a lot of rituals and a lot of books, a lot of festivals on sort of procreative sex between cisgender men and cisgender women, um, to find other interpretations for the holiday is sometimes challenging.
3: Um, Uh
1: So, I thought we might talk a little bit about that. I know, you know, I work in a tradition that doesn't have a male godhead, so there's the whole way I think about Beltane. Um, And I know that your tradition, the Unnamed Path, doesn't really follow the Wheel of the Year, but as a sort of explicitly queer tradition, I wonder if there's things that folks who want to queer up their Beltane um, can learn from, you know, from your tradition, the stuff that you can talk about in public. Um, Mm -hmm. And just also the, you know, I know that there are times where you do sort of engage with the the, with the Wiccan holidays and how um, maybe how you approach Beltane as a queer man practicing in a queer tradition.
2: Hmm. Well, you know, when we were deciding on the topic for today, I was thinking about it myself. I was like, how do I queer Beltane? And yeah. you know, I just thought I was like, do I really celebrate Beltane anymore? I did when I was, you know. Uh, baby witch and, you know, finding my way in our community
0: uh-huh.
2: and then, you know, finding the unnamed path, you know, we don't, again, like you said, we don't follow the wheel of the year. We have our own right. holidays, which think about it, it's like, that is, that's got to be a topic on <laughs> walking the unnamed path. I get a chance <laughs> on holidays. But um i I was thinking, I was like, it made me think back to some of my lessons in the online path where, you know, if we talked about, you know, the the Sabbaths and whatnot, you know, the wheel of the year versus ours. And, you know, for for me, for some of my brothers, some a few of my brothers do celebrate Beltane, uh, you'd have to ask them how they do that specifically. but <laughs> Of course, yeah. We talked. We talked. I remember my teacher was telling me, you know, one way to, inc- if you wanted to incorporate the Sabbath, was when the, you're thinking about the fertility, the growth that you're wanting to ignite to manifest on the Sabbath. You know, it, you know, we don't, gay men cannot procreate unless you happen to be a gay trans man and a cisgender man, and even then, it's kind of complicated. Um yes. <laughs> but um my train of thought went a little sideways uh, <laughs> there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we we, we can into the air. We can, <laughs> we can put our energy on our, our what we're wanting to manifest towards other stuff. Uh like we're we wanting to be uh if we're wanting to put that energy, like, towards uh, growing our career or growing our practice or you know, growing whatever we need to grow, you know, to make our life better or to help advance who we are, you know, like if you're an artist, you trying to channel that energy into your work. uh-huh, uh-huh.
3: uh-huh.
2: Or you yeah, know, if you're you're a gardener, you know, channeling channeling that energy into you know. Actually, like you know, putting it towards your herb, your crop, whatever.
1: Yeah, and I think that that's I know that's something that I try to do with all the you know holidays since we're because I, I, I do I'm I'm on a version of the wheel of the year in my practice. Is that you know most of us are not planting our own plants, uh, our own food, and you know tending livestock and, and all that anymore, and and don't get to live as close to the sort of natural cycles as you know the 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 sort of holidays would seem to entail and so to think about them as metaphors i think is really useful and um we get stuck on the fertility part of beltane because it is presented as this like all the the goddess and the god are going to get together and you know get it on so that the the new god can be born in the in the in the fall um we don't necessarily think outside outside that you know like even when i go to public rituals and stuff i don't necessarily see people think outside that in fact there's this amazing energy that's there to be tapped and you know i say you know the way you clear up your belt in is you have lots and lots of queer sex um and then use that right (laughs) use that energy to you know to to fertilize what in your life you want to fertilize um and and i kind of looked around and i'm seeing more and more writing about this uh Mm. how do we beyond that just that heteronormative view of Beltane and the idea that you know all acts of love and pleasure are sacred right Beltane Mm -hmm. and you know in, in goddess tradition some people call instead of Beltane they call the holiday Aphrodite you know life is sacred to the goddesses of love and pleasure if they're all rituals then we you know then, then all of our love and all of our relationships are sacred as well. And the idea that you can take that energy and put it towards creating something, even if it's not towards creating another human, I, I think is really powerful magic um, mm-hmm. that sometimes gets gets lost. You know, we do it. We definitely do it at the equinox. People are all about like, let's go plant some stuff. Um, but Belting comes around, and people uh, often kind of can't make that same leap um i think it's 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 super useful um there's, there's a lot of great stuff out there uh and people are are creating queer rituals for the wheel the year now and seeing that uh, people always have been but they're publishing them now uh mm-hmm. and it's it's really interesting to see how people sort of um work that out and how they you know what kind of imagery they use um you know whether they they call in sort of a you know traditional dyadic heteronormative god and goddess or do they call in other representations? Um, those are all things I've seen people playing with um, around this idea. Uh, and it seems like in in your tradition with you that you have your gods and 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 your goddesses, uh, there would be some really interesting stuff. If you wanted to incorporate that uh, holiday into your practice, that I mean, there seems like there's some Great queer stuff baked right into the cake.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, there, you know, because, you know, some stuff is oath bound. Like right. Our, we have a creation story. We have our own creation story. It's oath bound, I cannot tell you. But if I could have some great stuff, that, that would really, you know, open up the whole uh, queerness to um, the holidays. But I was trying to think of something else. You know, our our friend Storm fairy Wolf, you know, we, remember we did a uh review of his book, uh Between the, and the Yes. and in there he included the creation myth of the fairy tradition. Yes. And uh Which if I remember correctly rare. if if I remember correctly, the goddess inseminated herself
4: to give birth she to the god. She did. Uh, and that,
1: that is something that's that's uh you find a version of in some goddess traditions uh, or some goddess tradition explorations of the wheel of the year. Uh, the idea of here, here's your your fancy trivial pursuit word for the day from Dr. Susan. The word you seek is Parthenogenesis. Um, that <laughs> instead of the, the goddess being impregnated by, uh, by a, you know, a, a male, a cis male, a male, God she is She already contains everything and so She uh, impregnates herself with her own Potential and she Basically impregnates herself with herself Um, In some traditions she Gives birth to a god A a male child and in some she Gives birth to a goddess um, Or or, a a girl Child Um, My tradition because we don't do the male God thing um, if we're Working with that Metaphor the idea that the the goddess continuously gives birth to herself every year um and is able to do that without outside intervention um although there are some lovely queer goddess theology stories about lesbian and bisexual goddesses um, getting together for 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 that portion of the magic which is also lovely um I'm linking storm's book because that a it's a beautiful book and and that is a really beautiful creation story and a way of looking at sort of the idea of the goddesses fertile um mm-hmm. in a in a different way um, i know in 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 my tradition um i increasingly over the last you know few years sort of have gotten away from that metaphor of like the goddess giving birth throughout the year um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know, and and to more sort of working with underworld imagery uh and all that and so so Beltane for for me is about sort of you know cuz spring equinox is when you come up out of the underworld and then you you need like a month to stop shaking um and get your feet back underneath you and so Beltane's like the the celebration of like you finally are are out of the underworld and you've taken you've taken stock of everything that you left there and everything that you brought back and everything you learned. And now it's time to sort of go from the more internal work to the more external work. And, and belting is a very, um, a static holiday for me in that way. It's, it's very much focused on taking all that energy in and taking that, I, that I've got inside and moving it out into the world in some way, usually embodied. Um, and sex is a great way to do that either with, a partner or partners or with oneself um, to really get into that sort of first and second chakra energy, which is very much what this time of year is about, about creation and fertility and manifestation. Um, and it, it has been interesting to, um, to start thinking about it that way after coming up as a pagan party girl
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> where, you know, there were uh more than one, Belgium festival I was at where yeah, there was a conversation in the tent next door that says, Was that an orgy? I don't know. How many of us are there? I don't know. Roll call. Yeah, this is an even number. I don't think that counts. Okay, hang on. Let's go. All right.
3: I was like, Wow.
1: My parents warned me about these people in the woods. Um and that is lovely. I don't mean to cast any shade at that at all. I think that is beautiful and life affirming and fabulous. Um, but to as I've sort of uh, started to think about it differently and thinking about Beltane in a more queer way, um, I realized that that was super fun, but that kind of isn't how I think about it. Um, so I, I'm curious, our, our queer listeners out there, um, oh, I, I was going to ask how, you're, how you queered your Beltane, but there are, there are things that Dr. Susan doesn't need to know. Um, but
3: you know, <laughs>
1: Not what I'm asking, uh, but if you have queer traditions that you use at Beltane or, or really at any of, the, of the, the points on the Wheel of the Year or, or at the points on, you know, another um, Sacred Pagan calendar, we'd love to hear about that, how people are, are creating tradition that uh, is kind of growing and, and reflecting all kinds of love. Um, I've pulled up a couple of different sort of queer versions of the Wheel of the Year, Um and we'll definitely sort of talk about that um and the the ways in which um queer love and of course we there's a whole discussion about who gets to be queer and who doesn't. There's a hot one going on in my community right now um about who gets to be queer and who doesn't and, and uh, um but I you know that's no discussion um you know how we bring the particularly queer relationships and queer love um, which are still so often seen as sort of taboo or you know deviant or whatever in in the over culture although that's changed a lot how do we take that take those relationships and um, make them sacred uh, mm-hmm. at this holiday which is all about love and and making it sacred um how we how we bring that together I think is an interesting place to go. Um and I know in in your tradition and mine, um where there's a big sort of focus on um you know, you're you're an explicitly queer tradition, I'm in an explicitly feminist and women women and femme centered tradition, uh, on making sacred that which um the culture sometimes says is profane. It is a a big thing and I know pagans in general we're all about the sacred pleasure. But uh sorry, that was, was a total train wreck derail. I can tell I'm working at work twelve hour a day today, huh? Um I'm also in the middle of well, pulling out some more music, but <laughs>
2: well, you know, right before we uh you know, what right, right before we go to the music quick. you know when you were talking about it, it, it I did I was trying to rack my brain to figure out if this is something that's, and I don't believe it is, but uh, you know, I, I mentioned that we have our own holidays in Demling Path. Uh, we call them circles. Um, okay. And for, and the for the life of me, my brain has decided not to work. But there are four public that we are we do as service to the community, and then there's a fifth one that is just for uh, initiated brothers, and that is basically kind of like our great right type
1: okay. circle and
2: okay. all of our circles take place none of them are like in stone like this takes place at this time it just goes according to the spirit of the land you live because you know uh, and my brain is just not working and i cannot give you the detail um you know the requirements for the circle of or the circle of sight. One of them is like when, basically when like the cold season hits, when, where you live. Another one is, I'm blanking. I feel so bad. I got to go pull up my notes and open my, open my book of shadows and whatnot. But the one that is basically like our great right is, can happen anytime. And it's specifically for, um, you know, honoring our queerness, honoring our energy of men who love men.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. And, you know, something that I saw people suggest um, for sort of a queer Beltane is to, uh, you know, kind of along those lines, you know, that, that Beltane work, if it's all about love, it's also about self-love, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, rituals for... Um, coming out if that's something you want to do or to do work around that if that's something that you know you you need to do work around it you know a lot of us have to heal from religious baggage about being queer from you know the religions that we were brought up in Uh, saw some great suggestions for uh, people that may be going through um you know changing names um and documentation you know in conjunction with transition if they're going to do all that legal stuff you know why not get in all this energy while everything's all fertile and it's all about loving yourself like grease the wheels and get that to happen or you know um had a couple of friends who um after trying to think of the best way to talk about this but uh, people who who were trans folks and who when they were starting to live in community in their authentic gender um You know, had rituals to sort of introduce themselves To the gods, and Beltane was a great time to do it Because there's all that beautiful Happy stuff out there um, Just tapped into And and waiting to be grabbed Um, In that spirit I thought we would listen To a little um, Alexander James Adams And the good Beltane fire
0: Her light glinting, burning bright, we dance and chant and scream delight. Silts and gnomes just out of sight of flames, flames reaching ever higher, roaring, panting, hissing fire lanes. Flames that the light inspire, nothing tears a good Beltane fire. That's right.
1: The good Beltane fire. We're here uh, making sure that you've got your Beltane fire, even if you didn't get to have one to jump over this week, and uh, bringing some good queer energy into the holiday. We are. I've posted some rituals and some ideas. Uh, I know it's we're after the the main holiday, but for people that might be celebrating this weekend or if you want to start thinking about next year and how you might queer up your Beltane, whether for your own beautiful queer self or for folks in your circle. There's a beautiful uh, ritual from Patheos, it's about the gift of bees, um, which are just such a lovely way to think about the fertility at this time of year in in a way that's not necessarily tied kind of heteronormative sex and sexuality. So we were talking in the green room and a few minutes that that we have before uh, before Maggie and Jewel come on, uh, there's another kind of queer energy happening around Beltane this year. And that is all these retrogrades y'all. So we have, uh, there are a bunch, but the ones that, that I've particularly seen coming up in relationship to, well, relationships are Saturn and Pluto, which, yeah, I know, it seems like they just went retrograde. But um, as always, I like to remind people retrograde is just a time that we're reminded to stop. But both of these are happening in Taurus right now, which is dedicated, which is ruled by Venus, the Gods of Love. So, uh, oh, and yeah, I, I was just reminded I'm being very North American centric. It is, it's Salwyn in the Southern Hemisphere right now. Uh, so you can take a brand from our Beltane fire to light your. Samhain fire. Uh, that's like, oh, trying to. to i i trying to think more globally about that. Be a little bit less, you know, a little bit less America-centered. Um, so happy Samhain to all of you in the Southern Hemisphere. I know there are a few of you who listen uh, regularly because I hear from you. Um, so we're we're laboring under these retrogrades right now. Which, if you think about what Saturn does, Saturn in retrograde. Is always about your karma. It's always about your unfinished business. So it may be that what you're seeing happen right now is uh, you're dreaming about your exes. You running into your exes. You thinking about patterns from past relationships. Um, all super uncomfortable. Now is actually a good time to um, clear that out. You have an opportunity to tap into this like fertile, wonderful, fast-moving Beltane energy to help you work through. Any relationship karma, and actually one of the things that I see a lot of people talking about in moving Beltane beyond kind of just heteronormative sexuality is talking about using this energy when we're also focused on relationships and love to heal relationship stuff, whether it's relationship with yourself, relationship with your sexuality, you know, baggage from former partners, relationships with friends, with family. Um, there's a lot of focus right now with Saturn and then Pluto on top of it bringing all these relationship issues up to light and because these are big they're slow-moving planets they're going to be hanging out till September so you are just get comfortable with your issues because you're going to be having tea with them. Uh, we have this time to sit with this energy and really work through what it is that they're bringing up. The flip side of that is that any issues in your relationship are going to come up. I don't know about y'all, um, but it has been a heck of a ride since these retrogrades started. I have have um, had uh, both like issues and conflicts in relationships that I never have conflict in. Uh, I have also had relationships that came through for me in ways that I was really surprised about. So It is um, a heavy, weird time, and definitely anything that you are working out from past relationships, from your family baggage, uh, quite honestly, from past lives, all that's going to be right up in your face right now, Um, which sounds like about as much fun as a root canal, but... Going into, you know, the Beltane season and then summer solstice, you have that just amazing fire energy that can help burn it through and help you really cleanse. You know, doing the a, a, a fire cleanse, okay, fire cleanse, not set your house on fire, please, but doing a, a fire cleanse of your, your home right now is actually a great idea, um, you know, tapping into that strong energy to work with what's happened, in the heavens, uh, you know, tap into it. Don't fight it. Uh, you know, uh, very much something I learned last year when Saturn went retrograde in my sign uh, was that you can go willingly or you can be dragged, but either way, you're gonna go. So this is an excellent time to uh, really sit with yourself and ask yourself questions about like, what does it mean to love? What does it mean to be loved? What do you want in your relationships? Are there people you need apologies from you might not get them but you know there are ways you can ritually do that there are there to? too uh, and that's you're all being you're we're all being really supported in working through our relationship karma right now um, even though it probably doesn't feel like it to a lot of people i know it doesn't feel like it to me most of the time but it is it is a chance um and with pluto on top of that pluto Retrograde gives you a chance to look at like your big patterns and how you are out in the world. And you know, the last time Pluto went retrograde, we got Donald Trump for president, I know. Um, oh. But this is about big shifts and it is about anything that you put in motion in your life that you really want to stick. Pluto retrograde actually makes that happen. I guess this is the time to get really serious about what you want, like with a capital W. And that can include your relationships and your boundaries and who you want to be and who you want to show up as in your relationship. So I'll link some information to that. But if, if everybody's out there going, wait, this is supposed to be like Happy Pagan Sex Holiday. And why does everybody want to sit down and process our relationship? What is happening? And why did I run into like every one of my exes at that festival when none of them are pagan? What was that? And, and why am I dreaming about the girl that broke my heart when I was 14? What is that? That's what's going on. Um, and because of kind of the energy of the holiday, and a lot of us are kind of like we're amped up, like well, like bunnies in the spring, right? Uh, we are, you know, really, really tuned into that. I don't know if any of that has any resonance for you, Michael Gray but that has been like on every channel in my house for the last month. It's like it's the Saturn retrograde channel. Here, oh. have some karma.
2: You know, um. I'm not entirely sure, honestly.
3: I can, say,
2: uh, I can say that I have had, you know, a few thoughts every so often about my ex. Uh, I've, only, mm-hmm. uh, I've only really had, if I, I'm not counting all the people who I tried to start a relationship with and nothing ever happened, if I'm not counting those, I've only really had two other boyfriends in my life. And right. first one we separated am am that's the word I'm thinking amicably here. Yeah. Uh, right. The and the other one, yeah, no, that was no, uh interesting. But I have been thinking about you know stuff that went wrong in the relationship. You know, trying not to be like, oh, it was his fault or, or it was my fault. And but also also thinking you know. It was his fault, it was my fault, type stuff. And just trying to figure out, okay, these things happened, how can I get them not to happen again? And how can I learn, how can I learn from them? And it's been a process because I've had to, you know, there's been times where I've just been sitting and thinking about it. And it makes me wonder if I'm just obsessing. But if I'm actually, like, working out some stuff, I'm like, okay, no, I'm not It's just, the stuff is just coming up and I need to focus on it. Right.
1: Yeah, it's, it's where your attention goes. And that's the thing with the retrogrades, too, is that they will make sure that you keep focused. They're like, oh, no, you can't look away. Nice try. Nope, nope, right here, right here so yeah it's definitely um a, a time where we get to kind of heal and uh focus on stuff and we want to look away sometimes because it's painful but uh that's uh you know that's exactly when we do need to look michael has just asked me if I would pull us the card for Beltane. i do have my cards here so let's see what our overall theme is we've got all this love and all this work what are we what are we doing
2: I can't do it. I can't do it. All right.
1: <laughs> we have, I'm, I'm pulling out of the wild unknown tonight. Uh, so we have the mother of wands, which is a beautiful snake wrapped around three eggs, holding a wand. it uh, basically equates to the queen of wands in traditional tarot. And this is just such a beltane image. Because right? I think about uh, this time of the year in Texas is uh, when, the, quite honestly, when the snakes are really out. Um, and they're protective of of their eggs. And I'm looking here at the the Mother of Wands and how she embodies this pure, fiery, creative potential. And she is wrapped around these eggs, these things that she is creating, and she is protecting them. Um, And she's ready to, to strike out at anybody who tries to harm them. I think that's a great energy for Beltane, to decide what it is that we want to hatch, what it is that we want to birth, what it is that we want to create. And and protect it. I also like the snake imagery because I I work with snake imagery a lot these days in that, um, you know, the idea of snake shedding skin, like that's, that's a cliche in paganism, but there's a priestess in my circle who actually keeps snakes. And so I've been learning about them from her. And she says, you know, the thing about when a snake sheds is it doesn't just wake up one day and just slide out of its skin. Like it's an intensely uncomfortable process. And it has to rub itself against the rocks and the substrate And it itches. And at some point its eyes get covered over with the dead skin. They can't see where it's going. And it molts little bit by little bit until it can finally pull free. And that's, I love that metaphor that change and the work that we do when we're outgrowing the skin that we're in is not comfortable. Um, And we have to understand that discomfort is part of the process. Discomfort is part of the process of birthing something literally uh, of creating and sitting with things. And so I think what, what she's asking us is to decide what it is that we want to create and what it is that we want to transform into and be willing to um, protect those things with everything that we have and be willing to transform. I'll put a picture on the website of mm-hmm. uh, this beautiful deck of cards. So I, 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 I love that we got the queen of fire, Taking us, taking us into spring. I, I like that. I'll let her drive any We've got coming up next, we have the fabulous Maggie the Green uh, who will be talking um, about balanced Black, bringing it all together on the next episode of Petals and Potions. If you all haven't been listening to Maggie the Green and Jewel uh, on Petals and Potions, you are missing out. They look at the magical properties of herbs and plants, and they've been doing this great series of episodes on the colors. It's just amazing and fabulous. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for them. We'll be back in two weeks, and we will have the uh, Rainbow Camp coordinators from
3: mm-hmm.
1: PSG. Um, do you have anything else coming up? Uh, what's uh, coming up on Walking on an Path?
2: Well, uh, the last episode, well, technically the last episode we did was a rerun of the episode where we had you on, Dr. Susan, talking about pagan. Pagan activism, but the, the episode before that we was our relationship episode. Uh, we did a panel with uh, a few of the brothers, and we were talking about um, the relationships in the queer pagan men community, and we had a very nice discussion, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I'll post a link to of that to the Bad. page. Uh, and right now, I'm, I'm working on getting our topic for next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, next Saturday uh, ironed out. So I got that. Excellent. What you,
1: well, I've got a few things coming up. Um, I have my Blessed Beltane class going on at um, Mystery School of the goddess.net. At the moment, I know we're a little past the holiday, but for those of you who want to extend that, you can take that class for $15. It's all online and self-paced, and you get to keep all the materials. Um, I have my next uh, full moon ritual coming up on April, I'm sorry, May 20, end of the month. Is it 28th, 29th? I have to, oh my gosh, y'all, y'all, y'all. This is what happens when you get like a, job that wants you to work 60 hours a week it's may 26th at horizon universalist uh, unitarian universalist church i know I, I i'm gonna go ahead and bring this up um because i occasionally get a comment on the all acts of love and pleasure facebook page about like oh women's full moon ritual that's not very inclusive What? Well, go in and look at the inclusion statement no no cisgender men at at these rituals. Um, there are such rituals, there are mixed gender rituals and men's rituals out there. They're just not the ones I do. Um, uh, but my rituals are inclusive of all women, um, cis, trans or otherwise, um, all femmes and all non-binary folks who find their home in those kind of spaces. Um, my circle has gone round and round about whether or not to keep calling it a women's full moon ritual. Um, I was willing to, uh, change that verbiage if people felt that it was exclusionary and uh, by the request of my community, I have kept calling it that. Um, and then people that feel the need to comment on the Facebook page about it or who wonder about my rituals, um, they, they are, they're widely inclusive. Um, and I, I will share the announcement for that. That'll be May 20, May 26, which is a Saturday at seven 30 at horizon Unitarian Universalist church um, on Hebron Parkway in Carrollton, Texas. Um, you can keep up with what I'm doing either through the all X 11 pleasure page um, through my page, dreaming priestess um, or through, uh, I, I run a, I facilitate a Facebook group called women circles with Dr. Susan. Uh, so you can keep up with what I'm doing there. I've got all kinds of stuff coming for the fall and the and the summer as well. It's super exciting. Uh, now we're going to hand off to the, the lovely Maggie, the green and jewel talking about balanced black bringing it all together we will see you in two weeks and until then thank you for listening to all acts of love and pleasure i'm dr susan
2: and i'm michael graywell
1: and we are going to play out play out play in play out with a the bard the bonnie black hair
0: The closer we get We'll both go again and hurt the Bonnie.
5: and we're back and this is Maggie the Green coming at you petals and potions better living through nature and our episode tonight is titled balance back balanced black bringing it all together with my co-host the lovely lovely Daphne Jewel and how are you tonight i'm doing pretty good how are you doing tonight I am good. I am very well. I'm really looking forward to this episode. Me too. I'm really excited for it even though it is our last color series episode. Right, but I feel like it's um it's a completed series. You know what I mean? Not necessarily. We haven't covered everything for every <clears throat> for every color, but I feel like we really covered a lot of ground the last, you know, 7 Weeks or eight weeks or however many shows we've done so far. I agree. I, I you know everything must come to an end, and I'm excited to uh, end end strong and uh, begin anew, like everything else does. Yep, yep. And um, this is so interesting. Like uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to. Um, Dr. Susan Harper and Michael Greywolf, and uh, I really enjoyed their show on Queering Beltania. I thought that was really interesting, and um, that's one of the things that I really love about Pagans Tonight Radio Network is that it's, um, it shares so many uh, varieties of paganism. You know what I mean? Like, it really just covers a, a huge gamut of paganism and magic. Work and different paths. Like I really, really love that about this network. I do as well. I think that, um, I think that not enough paths are explored in in you know the public eye. I I think that there tends to be a lot of uh, misinformation or you know not even any knowledge of any other type of path other than. your your basic, you know, Abrahamic religions and such. Right. And that's one of the things that I really love about this, um, you know, this type of spirituality is it really allows people to explore their own spirituality and find those things that really um, they connect with or things that resonate with them. And, and, um, you know, we're kind of, Making new paths as well. So, like, um, you know, Michael Graywolf, he does the show um, "Walking the Unnamed Path," which, which is 100% dedicated to the queer male. And um, I feel like that's something that's kind of been missing from our our um, circle for a while. Is you know, we have a lot of female-centered. Um, past and a lot of female center rituals, and you know, finding a space for the queer male maybe sometimes can be a challenge. So I really like how they're they're tackling that challenge. Absolutely, I I, I really like that as well. You know, it's 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 something that should be inclusive for everyone. You know, no matter. What you look like, no matter the color of your skin, no matter your orientation, no matter anything, you know, it, it should be something that everyone can find a safe place for, you know? Right. And that kind of reminds me of another show that is on, um, it's on uh, Mondays, I think. It's called Lunatic Mondays. And um, every other week, so one week they'll do it in English and the next week they'll do it in Spanish. And so they're trying to reach, you know, like the Hispanic community of pagans, and like going out of their way to reach out. And um, I've listened to a couple of episodes, and that's a really great show as well. It's called uh, Lunatic Mondays. Yeah. When when do they air? Um, they air on Mondays, and I'm. What I'm time? To, I'm not time. sorry. Yeah, that's I was, I cannot remember what time. Um, Darn it! Where is it? Uh, it's okay. I'm not sure. I, <laughs> but I, it's with Laura Gonzalez, hard. and she is, yeah, Laura Gonzalez is really, really interesting. Like, I really like a lot of things that she has to say. Um, so, uh, if you get a chance on Mondays, check out Laura Gonzalez and the um, Lunatic Mondays, and uh, you know, check out the the Spanish. If you are someone who speaks Spanish, you know, check out her, her Spanish show. I just I I would love, love this, to this. Watch Yeah, I think you'll like it. I think you'll definitely like it. I'll have to send you the link for it. But um, you know, that's just why I love this radio station so much because it really has like a huge variety of past and pagan shows that are available, you know, and um you know, which school they're trying to, you know, make a space for everyone, make everyone feel I- included. So, and I yeah. think that's really, that's really what our path is all about, is it's all about inclusion and it's all about, you know, connecting and finding your own way. Yep, I agree. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so again, I'm Maggie the Green, and you can follow me on Instagram at Maggie the Green. You can reach out to Petals and Potions. We have an email, and that email is Petals and Potions, P-T-R-N, and it's all spelled out. Um, We have a new Facebook page, you know, like, comment, share on our Facebook page. That's Petals and Potions. And we had the wonderful chris Hernandez gave us um made our uh our uh logo for us. that was super exciting. that's a new thing that's since the last show we got our a new logo. yeah, I was gonna give a shout out to chris for uh designing the logo. I think it's really great i I love it so much I think it's absolutely perfect and he's he's really good at at you know, designing and at designing uh, logos and uh, clothes and designing anything really. He's just really good. I know he's super creative and um, yeah. So I'm really happy that he did that for us. It looks so good. It's uh, it's just so pretty, and I think it definitely captures our essence. You know. Yes, I I think it. I, I think it's perfect. I, I thought, I think it's absolutely perfect. Awesome. Yeah. So. But, yeah, you can also. Where can we. Um, f- what? <laughs> I was going to say, where can we find you at, Daphne Jewel? I was going to say, but then you interrupted me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm sorry. It's the lag. It's the lag. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can follow me. Uh. Daphne Jewell, um, my Instagram handle is dreads for life that's D-R-E-A-D-Z uh, dot 4 dot life, L-I-F-E, and that's on Instagram. And that's where you can find me, and that's usually where I, I post stuff. And I will also try to post more stuff on the Petals and Potions Facebook page, um, because I think that we should post more stuff there it's just kind of the habit of getting into running a web uh, running a page and also um trying to oh and if you and if there's any other shows that you missed or if you don't like to listen live or if you'd rather just listen to any previous shows or any recordings All of our previous shows are on the Facebook page as well, and in the future, we probably will make an Instagram page dedicated solely to Petals and Potions, Um, but we haven't done that yet because we've had a lot going on, so, but, yeah, I'm very excited about making it easier for people to, you know, find our shows and see what we're about. And yeah and explore our content and um so yeah we are super busy but we we love it and um so let's let's talk about what what did you have in mind for balanced black you want to kind of go right into um where did you want to start with that well i mean balanced black i mean what where where did you want to start with that honestly? Because uh we can we can start anywhere pretty much. Right. Okay, so well let's kinda of do like a quick recap of the the what we've done before. So we started our series, our new show, with a series of colors. And um so we started with green but we kind of just threw that out there. Um but When we did red, well, let's go in the order, though. So let's go in order um, of the actual colors and not in order of the shows that we did. So we did a red show, and we went over, like, red foods and red stones and the magical properties of red. And um, generally the red relates to, you know, all those things that really – you think of when you think of red you think of passion vitality strength survival fertility you know action war fire conflict assertiveness you know red is like a very bold color i think it is and um remind us what stones that you did when we did red you did ruby was that it um, I think I did Ruby. Uh I'm not sure. That was a long time ago, Mom. My my memory is not the greatest. <laughs> but I did the, I you like um, can find all of our shows on our, our page. But we did yes, we did our color series um on red, red. orange, yellow, green, yeah. uh-huh. blue, purple, white, and now we're ending with black. Right. Um So, yeah, and so we kind of, like, went over some different properties for each one. We went over the chakras for each color, and now we're trying to kind of bring it back because black kind of includes everything. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Uh, black is the inclusion of of everything. Huh? Yeah, kind of. Uh, Didn't you say that black is the combination of all colors or something? Right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or technically, it's the absence of color. But for me, working in magic, I think black is like the the um is the inclusion of everything. You know what I mean? So when ah, you're working okay. with black in magic, you know it de- it tends to represent. Um, grounding, wisdom, protection, uncrossing, unhexing, repelling negative energy, banishing negativity, scrying, pride, which I find is interesting that pride is represented by black. I didn't know that pride was represented by black. I think that's interesting. Like, does it almost has like a negative connotation, but not necessarily? I don't know. Whenever I think about pride, I think about the color yellow, like gold. I don't know. Yeah, I do too. But that's just um, that's just what it tends to be. Um, so a lot, so a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is gonna is gonna be about divination. Uh, Right, and uh, what what is the technical divination? What is the technical definition of divination? So the definition of divination is the practice of seeking knowledge of the future or the unknown by supernatural means. Okay, so seeking knowledge about the future or the unknown. Right, so for example like tarot cards would be considered divination. Yes, and scrying and um reading tea leaves and pretty much anything that involves trying to see into the future or um anything like that, you know, reading crystal crystal balls and stuff right like crystal that. balls that's a good one um so, one of the forms of divination that I'm really interested in that I like is um scrying and when I was getting ready for the show um I found something about a type of scrying that I had never heard of before, and that is mm-hmm. wax scrying. What exactly is scrying? for those of us that don't know. I mean, I know, but those of people who don't know, right. who may not okay. know what scrying is. <laughs> so scrying okay, is um yeah, sorry. I was like have I just ate, so I'm like trying to, you know. Anyway, um so scrying is basically trying to foretell the future using a crystal ball or other reflective object or surface. So it's all about um, using uh, a reflective surface or different ways to read signs about the future. Okay, so it's all about using reflective surfaces to read signs about the future, like um, like a crystal ball. Right, like a crystal ball. That's like the most common. Um, that's like the most common thing that you see in like movies and stuff, you know, the 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 witch always has like a crystal ball and she's like, Let me gaze into your future, you know? <laughs> yeah, but that is a real practice and it's it's pretty commonly used in different parts of the world as the, the crystal ball. Right, but that's not right. I yeah, it's totally um it's it's used all over the world and definitely like um i think a lot in european countries like uh for example for example um the gypsies so they they tend to use scrying through crystal balls in their um rituals and stuff like that so what about mirrors so, um mirrors are my absolute absolute favorite type of scrying, and there's different ways that you can use a mirror for scrying. So you can just look into a mirror, you can get a candle, you know, set your, set your uh, circle and light a candle and like gaze into your own eyes through a mirror to try to achieve that second sight or to induce visions. That makes sense. That sounds good. Right, and um, so that's that's one of my favorite ways to to use a mirror. But you can also use a mirror um, by using herbs, placing the herbs on the mirror, or steeping the herbs in tea and placing them on the mirror, and then gazing into it to either to like edu- induce visions or to interpret signs. Yeah. Like maybe the the herbs go in a certain order, and you can interpret the signs from that. Um, so, and that's a fairly common thing, you know, mirrors have been around a really long time, um, and apparently mirror scrying is also called catoptromancy, catoptromancy, I think I'm saying that correctly,
4: so,
3: um,
5: all the, yeah, it's, that's an interesting word, but, um. Yeah, so if you gaze, you know, you gaze into the mirror and, you know, eventually you should be able to see visions. You know, it's almost yeah. like going to, to meditation. But yeah, by I staring in mirror. Your- I remember when I was at Nona's house, uh when I was living at Nona's house and you uh strongly recommended that I try to scry using a mirror. But when I I tried to do it personally, um I used a regular mirror uh, like a basic clear, you know, mirror, hand mirror that I, you know, tried to, um, I tried to, you know, cleanse and bless and stuff, but whenever I tried to do it at Nona's house, it didn't really work very well for me personally. I think it was really the kind of mirror I was using and I Mm -hmm. wasn't really confident in my ability to... Uh, do it at the time. But I think that if I had a different kind of mirror like the one uh-huh. that I saw at a local store in Greensboro a couple of days ago um, I think that that would work for me greatly because I was drawn immediately to that mirror. There was It was a black scrying mirror and it was it was reflective, but it was black and it was beautiful. I I wanted it so badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, maybe it, you can manifest I just, it. I just started staring at it, and I I kind of picked it up a little bit and looked at it, and it was just, it was, it was beautiful. I wanted it so bad, but I did not get it. Did not get that because I felt like I wasn't ready for that, and I should get something else. So instead, I got a very large black hematite, which I love as much. Not as much, but I love it a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, that's definitely a type of scrying that um, a lot of people are drawn to is the mirror scrying. Um, And you can talk about it. You can say the name of the shop. Like, that's fine. We can give them some free advertising, you know. Um, Oh, well, I mean, if you want me to, yeah,
4: I I went to... Yeah, definitely.
5: You can uh, throw the name uh, out. I mean, we want to support, you know, pagan small businesses, definitely. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. I just didn't know if maybe they wanted to be um, thrown out there like that, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I definitely, if, if you think that's a good thing to do, but, you know, I don't want to just, you know, randomly throw businesses out there if they don't want to be uh, associated with us because they may not, you know? You're right. I didn't think about that, so that's fine. Yeah. Um, so, anyway,
3: <laughs> moving on. They're um, a
5: great shop. Just look around in Green they are, and I'm um, sure you'll find it. Yeah, they are a great shop. I've gotten a lot of um, magical instruments there before, and they're really great for... If you're looking for um, rocks and stones and crystals, and so maybe we'll reach out to them and see if it's okay if we mention them on our show. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I would. I think that would be better because I don't want to just like you know assume that they want for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. I'm I'm an assumer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they're um, they're a great story. They really are. They're a, a lovely shop. So, well, there's different kinds of scrying, though. So like I was saying, the one um, that I did had never heard of before was the wax scrying. So basically how you do the wax scrying is you have a cup of water or a bowl of water or something like that, and then you drip the wax into the water into the surface of the water and then the images that it forms that's what you interpret really yeah yeah i thought like, that was really interesting like yeah on the surface of the water cuz you know when you drip so like when you drip wax into the water it coagulates you know what i'm saying and it cools so it'll be like little blobs in the water, little blobs of wax in the water.
3: That's really cool. And you,
5: yeah, I've never thought about doing that before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had never thought about that. I thought that was really, really interesting. I wanted to share because it seems like a really, like a very simple, very easy way for somebody to really um, engage in scrying and kind of try their hand at it maybe as opposed to doing, like, a mirror scrying, which takes a little more concentration and focus to, like, stare into your eyes, you know, and relax into the visions, like doing the wax on the water. Yeah. And if, you know, you're, you're automatically drawn to that and you're good at it and you feel confident in your ability to do it, then do it. But I feel like when people first, at least a lot of people that I know and have been around, First, when they first really get into divination, it's through the form of tarot cards. Right. Everybody has that friend that does tarot cards. I mean, maybe not everybody, but us. <laughs> and that's a that's a really good way to start with divination is tarot cards. I really I like my tarot cards, but I'm not I don't really do them anymore. I occasionally Why will not? draw a card. Um. I just feel like there are other ways for me personally to to divine and sometimes like I have to think too hard about the cards themselves and I feel a little disconnected from the reading. So whereas before it was a really good and useful tool for me to use to do a reading, now I feel like I can just, you know, it's a little bit easier for me to just do a reading without anything.
3: Uh, Okay.
5: Um, well at least you have your cards available. My cards aren't even here. I don't even know where my cards are. I think they're still at Nona. I think they are. <clears throat> I think they are. Do you want to talk about your cards? you have a special uh, yeah, deck of cards? Yeah. Um how is my deck special? I mean uh I mean it's it's really interesting, that's for sure. Maybe they just wanted to stay at Nona. Probably they're right at home there. Yeah. So, um, didn't you give me that deck? I did. Yes. Yeah. Because, um, I guess I don't know if that's if it, that's traditional or not, but I've always heard that you know you're supposed to you're not supposed to buy your own deck. You're supposed to like get it from somebody else as a gift or something. Yeah, I like to give. I like to gift magical tools. I think that it's um you know gift it, find it, be inspired by it, you know. It's there are no rules really. That's true. Um but yeah, so you got me a deck and I got um it's it's a it's a spirit deck. It's got the the cards are um I think they're
1: based on they're based on different kinds of spirits.
5: Inspectors, but I don't. I don't remember if there is. They're actually like. I think they are. I think they're actual like true stories or true myths or something. But it's like a. It's like a ghost deck. Right. Right. I really felt like it would be something that you would connect to, with your affinity. Yeah, I got a lot of ghosts around me apparently. <laughs> but there's also a lot of. Uh, right. A lot of a lot of ghosts and nonas, So. They, maybe they just wanted to stay there, honestly. Well, yeah, but I also think that you have an affinity with spirit talking, so you definitely have. I do. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I really. Um, I feel like I've really. I I don't want to say fine tuned, but I've really kind of adjusted my views on a lot of spirits. And stuff like that, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to talk about that yet. But I, I I want to in the future, though. Right. Absolutely. It's a process, you know. And you're still really young, so you know. And we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I just, you know, chatting. So um, let's talk about some other forms of scrying, real quick. Just because, like, I'm obsessed with scrying because I'm always looking for signs, and I'm always looking for, you know, guidance and things like that. Um, numbers. And I think a lot of people do, huh? I said, I, I said numbers. You always look for numbers. Yes, I'm a number. I'm a number person. Numerology is, is a fun way to, to. Um, Identify signs and things like that from you know the divine. Uh, also, so there was another one that I found that was cloud gazing, on observing clouds. Oh yeah, as a form of scrying. I thought as that a was form pretty. Of scry. I mean, yeah, as a form of scrying, like looking at the formations of the clouds and interpreting those as signs. It's funny because that's usually seen as a very kind of traditional innocent kind of thing, you know, you 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 go out on a sunny day or a a summer day, I guess, or a cloudy with the with the clouds and a blue sky and you you point out you know little little shapes or you know, animals in the in the clouds. Like that's just the traditional imagery that comes to my mind when I think about, you know, cloud gazing. Right. Yeah. Like it's almost like a like a leftover vestige of our past that we're just drawn to. You know, everyone wants that's to nice. look up at the clouds and identify, you know, horses and dragons and, you know, things like that. That's very interesting, also, yeah, everyone likes to look up at the sky, or at least they used to uh I still look at the sky all the time, um you know the the stars and the sky and the clouds, and i just I find that really interesting that the cloud the 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 cloud gazing is something very kind of it, it's almost seemingly innocent, you know that anybody might do it, you know right. But it can be a form of divination. Exactly. It can be a form of divination. And um, so also you have like water scrying, which is basically just putting, uh, getting a bowl of water or something like that, some vessel of water and dropping pebbles into the water. And then when the ripples are created, you interpret the ripples. Oh, yeah, uh, I saw that in Pocahontas, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes, was okay, yeah, I'm glad you, like, identified to that. Yeah, that was the first thing that came to mind when you said that, you know, the ripples, you know, in Pocahontas. That's super cute, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> but now that I you know I, that, just, I totally remember that scene. Yeah, I just, I don't know, that's just the stuff that immediately comes to my mind whenever you say stuff like that i just it's just so interesting you know the how it's portrayed and how different things are portrayed in the media and society and different stuff you know and and the connotation of different words and the association of different words you know you wouldn't uh, typically a, a, a typical person wouldn't think that cloud gazing is something evil right right but then absolutely not but then a typical person, you know, they think about uh a crystal ball or something or quote black magic and it's immediately, you know, evil. Oh my goodness, you know, uh they're they're they're, they're a bad person. Somebody who does black magic is evil and they're bad and and all this all this different stuff is just I find that really interesting. The stigma association the stigma associated with um black magic and the misinterpretations of black mag- quote black magic. You know what I mean? Right, because even in some cultures any kind of magic is black magic, so it's all negative and it's all um evil or whatever. Like just like even just the Bible says that divination even divination you know is evil right and it's just it's and there's so many different levels and variations on the evil that is that is magic and the evil that is black magic um i can say from my own experience uh you know like living in the south particularly um you know, if, if, you have a a tattoo of of a star or something, or if you're wearing a a pentacle uh, or um, you know anything like that, you know they they're like, oh well, you're you're going to hell and you're gonna burn in hell and you should repent for your sins and you know yeah they're like you <gasps> could- oh my gosh <laughs> you yeah. could like listen to to rock music and People will be like, "Are you a devil worshiper? Are, are you a satanist?" And I'm like, "Hold on there, <laughs> hold up."
1: You yeah, know, it's just so
5: much misinformation and ignorance, and it it definitely gets frustrating. Uh, at least it does to me. I get very frustrated having to deal with right. it a lot. Right, because even in our own community, like, even in the pagan community, you have people that are, that are that are, white witches or, you know, and they're like, you know, black magic is evil and and things like that. Whereas, personally, I don't believe in, you know, I think everything is balanced, everything has a balance, you know, it's two sides of the same stick. Right. Um, I mean, I good and evil yeah. is relative. Good and evil is relative to the person, to the, to the family, to the country, to the continent. Good and evil is all relative. I mean, you know, would you say that the cheetah slaughtering an antelope or whatever cheetahs eat, would you say that's evil? No, yeah. because it's nature. That's, it happens in nature, right. you know, it's, it's not evil for that cheetah to kill that that animal so that they can feed themselves and sustain life for them and their family, you know, that's, that's not evil, you know, it's just evil, good and evil of all relative, and, and I just, the stigma of, of black magic, you know, I find it really annoying, <laughs> I'm just annoyed, right. I guess, usually. Right, and then, but then you take, for example, because um, you know you're talking about uh, is it evil? Well, light you have light workers and and dark workers, but light doesn't mean good, and dark doesn't mean bad. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I would, I would, I would,
3: right? Good. I would
5: categorize um, your gifts. At your spiritual gifts And your gifts with mediumship I would consider that um, Like dark magic But only because it's related to the moon I don't consider it negative You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean I I, 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 can, I can see that, you know I mean How can you have uh, For me, I mean It's like how can you have Light without darkness And how can you have darkness without light, you know Everything right. is relative to me. It is. We're humans. We we screw up everything. So, you know, it it's really it really is relative individually. <laughs> yeah. But I just I don't know. I just I wanted I just wanted to to, to point out right there. You know that black magic does not equal bad. Any magic does not automatically equal bad. You know what I mean? Right. And, and white magic doesn't necessarily mean good either. You know? Yep. Because I have, you know, contemplated things. So people would think that, that love spells are, are light work or magic or light magic. Whereas um, I would not necessarily consider a love spell to be a good thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think love spells are good things at all. I mean, I mean that's I. I mean, I guess they they, they can they can. It's really all about you know the the person and your intentions with it, you know, and and what exactly you're trying to do and stuff like that. It's all relative, you know. Right. Right. Very, I'm sorry I could I could talk about this forever um, No you're fine I, I love it I love this conversation This is a really good one um, Because it is all relative And it does have a lot to do with You know where you are in your path And maybe at one point in your path You're in one place And then maybe later on You're in another place And that doesn't mean That the place that you were before Was bad It You know what I mean So it's like is very um evolving too, as well um you mean like I've evolved um just uh magic in general and and people's spiritual paths oh oh yeah yeah there's definitely there's there's many there's many levels there's many different paths, and you know none of them are correct, and for me. I think that it's really hard for me to, because I've, I've been where other people have been before, you know, I've been on the same path, you know, I've been on the same mindset of certain things. And for me, because I, I don't think like that anymore. I, I, it's really hard for me to not, you know, get caught up in in the ego trap for me personally. Right I think it's hard for everyone to not get caught up in the ego trap Yeah, that's true But, you know It's 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 a tricky thing You know what I mean? It's a tricky thing because Ego is what defines our humanity You know what I mean? Your ego is what defines your humanity But you have to figure out how to like when you're trying to learn spirituality and live a spiritual life, you have to you you always are going to have some aspect of that ego because if you didn't have that, then you would be non-physical. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I know. I I yeah, yeah, I agree. It's yeah, it's just, you know, it's just hard for me to not look down on others and to not well, cuz I try to not judge people and I know that everyone uh, judges everyone but I try to not judge people because you know in, in I know in reality you know people are on their own path and people have their own journeys to experience and just because they're experiencing something different or they're on a different path it doesn't make them any lesser or than me or above me you know what I mean Right.
0: We're all on we an even playing
5: ground called Earth. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, we're all on this this yeah. even playing ground called Earth. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. I don't know how I got started right. from talking about. Yeah. That's okay. No, that's okay. I like it. So um, I'm just going to throw out a couple of quick other types of scrying, um, and it's kind of in the same uh, genre of you know scrying with water. So you can use oil and and do the drips of oil into the water and interpret it that way, or you can take oil and rub it on a plate, and then observe how the the light reflects off of it. Um, you can also do fire gazing, smoke gazing, crystal scrying, which usually involves like a, a globe. So that would be like crystal ball scrying. Um, and then like you can do, uh, if you're doing like a reading for someone else and you're scrying for them, you can do eye-to-eye scrying. So you can look into someone's eyes and interpret the reflections that you see there. That's really cool. I didn't know there were so many different ways of uh, trying a divination. Right. There's so, you know, I think we all want to know those answers. You know what I mean? Human beings are very curious beings, and they always want to know what they don't know. So they invent all these ways. We've invented over the years, we've invented all these ways to find those answers. You know, like, (laughs) you know, to find, uh, <clears throat> what the universe is going to present to us next? Yeah. Even so much as um, using law of attraction, law of attraction to like manifest and predict what's going to come next, you know? Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's always. Yeah. There's definitely stuff that we want to happen. There's stuff I want to happen. Me too. I mean, of course, everyone has those um, wants, you know. I think Um, for me, it's been about, you know, healing and, you know, healing and finding my own strengths and trusting my own intuition, you know, through this healing process and trusting that I am going into the right path. You know what I mean? For me, at least, and then and then whenever I do that, and the the better I get at, you know, trusting myself, the better I do in life, I guess. Absolutely, me, I I agree one hundred percent. I agree. I think that really is the nail on the head. You so, know? what are some what are some herbs that can do you know of any herbs that can help with divination or, you know, trying to see into the future or anything like that? Um, yeah, actually. So, uh there are lots of different herbs obviously. So, I'm just going to go name off a couple of like really quick ones. Um, and I think these some of these are ones that we've talked about in our other shows, so definitely go back and listen to those other shows and learn more about these um, different herbs so we have lavender sage mugwort anise rose petals yarrow camphor and mint 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 yes that seems like a pretty a lot of those seem pretty common oh yeah absolutely they are they are very common herbs Uh, You know, mint and, didn't you say sage and lavender? Right, and lavender. Yeah, lavender, sage, mugwort, anise, Um, rose petals, yarrow, camphor, and mint. I love all those except for mint. I don't like mint or camphor. I'm not a minty kind of yeah, I like mint, but I like mint oh, I- more. Um, you know, as a I don't necessarily want to eat it all the time. Ugh, I don't like eating. I don't like eating mint. No, but I do like the smell of sage, and I use it a lot. And I do like the cooking with sage, and I do like the smell of lavender. I didn't know. Did you say rose petals? I didn't even know that rose petals were a thing. Right. So, um, rose petals are good for protection. Yeah, they're lovely. Um, So, the smell of rose, you know, if you're having, like, if you have a perfume that is made from rose petals, you can Mm -hmm. use it for um, protection to sharpen your psychic abilities, and it's great for love related divination. So, if you're doing a divination related to love. Is a kind of divination,
3: mhm,
5: yep, well, no wonder I'm so good good in in love because I wore that uh rose um perfume for so long. It smells so good though I love the smell of roses and rose water and just, uh, I just love roses and lilac well, right? and it's good for your um psychic abilities, so the more you wear it, the sharper you get. I need to get some more. I wish I had some more. I don't know where to get, you know, because I don't want to get chemical-based perfumes or anything that's really super strong or would irritate my skin. I don't know. This is way off topic, but yeah, I I, I would okay. like figure out how to make some or something. Wait, don't did you? Well, wait, didn't you Well, say if Yara? you're a pagan, huh?
3: Uh, yeah. What were you saying?
2: Sorry.
5: I was going to say, well, if you're a pagan and you make rose water, um, send us some and we'll do a review. Oh, that would be super cool. I love rose water. Yeah, I do too. It's, a, it's really it's lovely. It's really one of my favorite um, perfume scents, is rose. I thought you liked that, that bumblebee honey perfume. Don't you have that? Yeah, that smells like honey. That one smells really good too, but it's very, it's very you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very me. Yeah, and it literally smells like honey. I think that's even the name of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's the name of it.
5: Yeah, it's very light. I like it. You know, just a tiny little spritz, and you know, just makes me feel fresh and like summery. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So what about yarrow? Don't don't we have yarrow. a yarrow bud? We do. We do have a little plot of yarrow which I absolutely love. Yarrow is one of my favorite herbs. Um because it's very it's so extremely useful and it can be used for a lot of different things. So, um, yarrow, uh as far as like divination is concerned, yarrow will enhance your physical abilities, so you can make like a yarrow tea with the leaves, and that will help you to enhance your psychic abilities. Did I say physical? I meant to say psychic. Um, it will enhance your psychic abilities. Um, drink a tea, do your divination, that should enhance it. Um, it also boosts your happiness and confidence when you, make yarrow, when you drink yarrow tea. This would be very helpful for the, like a good mood. What's the what's the disclaimer? Uh, the medical disclaimer. Okay, so everything that we have discussed tonight is not intended to replace any type of medical advice from a board certified medical physician. There are many certified herbologists out there if you are interested. And there's also lots and lots of information on the internet um, as far as herbology and different herbs um, for health. And this is in no way to, meant to replace that and we're not attempting to cure you or anything like that. Did I hit all the levels there? I think so. I think so. Um, I just wanted to make sure that we don't get sued or anything, you know. Right. You always remind me about the medical disclaimer. Um, As somebody who uh, really issues the medical profession, I tend to forget about it um, because I just tend to be a very uh, self-diagnosing and self-medicating type of person. That's just me personally, um, but there are, you know, many conditions out there and many reasons why people wouldn't want to do that. So I always encourage you to to discuss any any kind of herbology with your physician. There can be drug interactions if you're taking medications. And yeah, things like that sounds like that. So drug drug interactions if you're already on medications. Um, unhealthy, uh, you know, whatever pesticides they may have been sprayed with if you're out, you know. If you're out like foraging, also the laws in your particular state—if you're in the U.S. or in a separate country—the laws regarding foraging are different everywhere, and you know you you gotta take all that stuff into consideration when um, or or growing your own um, herbs, which will take time. Uh, You know you gotta take all that into consideration before you do anything and yes and stuff like that yeah right awesome yeah exactly that the law is different and you know you wouldn't want to go foraging somewhere that uh you may be consuming contaminated plants um make sure that when you if you are buying plants you're buying them from reputable um Nurseries and that you're looking for non GMO plants. That's very important personally. I think it's very important for not, you know, to be looking for n- not genetically modified plants as well. Heirloom seeds. Heirloom seeds, yes. Yes. Heirloom I wish we could still really forage though. I would love to go, I would love to be able to forage. Um, it's not really a common practice anymore very much um, and it it sucks I would love to go forage but you know yeah you and can't. there are places and, in North Car. well there are places in North Carolina that you can forage but um, you know like I said you gotta be aware of all the aspects of foraging you know what I mean yeah really I just wish it was like all Pure and untainted woods, like it used to be, so I could just forage without having to worry about, you know, chemicals and runoff and oil and stuff like that. Really, that's just what I want, really. But I don't. Right, because one of the things, and and you said something really important because one of the things that I learned in my beekeeping class was that there in the United States, there's no such thing as organic honey. R- really? Yeah, there's no place in the United States that has ever passed the um, the actual organic test for organic honey. If you see organic honey, it's not verified. It's not verified because um, there's nowhere in the United States that you can guarantee that your bees won't be contaminated by some some type of pesticide or some type of chemical. Really? What if you do your What if like we had our own beehive? Unless we um, were to net them or something like that, or restrict them, bees can travel up to five miles on a regular basis, like daily.
3: Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That
5: makes sense. Exactly. Yeah, that's so. That's what the issue is. Is like even so, there is no such thing as real organic honey in the probably United full, States he right? said yeah probably not full organic honey I'm sure that I mean I think there are some standards where like your product only has to be 70% organic to be considered organic or something like that you know right I think the way that they um, described it is that there are organic beekeeping practices that you can claim that it's um, you you have organic beekeeping practices, but you cannot say that your your honey is um, actually organic. Ah, there there. Okay. Yeah, the USDA is not able to give you an official one hundred percent organic thing for your honey.
3: Hmm. Well
5: speaking of organic, did you know that there is actually um organic sto- stone made out of uh wood? Really? Yes. I there's did actually not know that. I have never heard that. Yeah, well because uh you know our our color topic is is black and um I was uh, looking up some black stones and there's actually a black stone that is a uh, it's or- it's like made out of organ it's basically made out of organic ancient decayed wood that was compressed you know kind of like how coal is you know it's a thing but it's it's made out of ancient wood and it's a black stone and it's really great for um it's really great for grounding um it's really great for uh, I gotta get my notes just because I don't remember stuff. Oh yeah. It's really great for grounding oh, and it's really good for letting go of stress and negative energies and you know driving off uh depression and it's it's really good for that. You wanna know you wanna know what it is? Yes. Jet. Jet. Yeah. Okay. Okay, yeah, that totally makes sense yeah that's it's, that's it's, totally it's, a, sense. it's an organic rock made out of ancient wood and it's it's black and it's really cool and um, we got one the other day, or yeah, yeah, I got one the other day for some for chris, yeah, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I remember you telling me he had gotten some jet. I did not realize that jet was petrified wood. I mean, it's not necessarily, it's not exactly petrified wood because, you know, it's, it's a stone. It's like, it's, it's basically ancient wood that's kind of like been compressed or something like that. But it's like, it's a, I don't know. It's weird.
3: (laughs) But it's cool. Right, no, I
5: totally get it. Yeah, I totally get it. It's like organic material turned into stone. Yeah. And he also got an onyx. I think it was an onyx. I think it was an onyx
3: bracelet. I love onyx. That's one of my favorite
5: stones. It's so pretty. It's funny because when I was looking up onyx and things about onyx, I I was I found something that said onyx is the birthstone for Leo, but I thought the birthstone was Leo yeah. for Leo was uh um peridot, not peridot, peridot. Yeah. Yeah, peridot, yeah. but the onyx is the stone. Peridot is a gem. Peridot is a oh, gem. Oh, it's the gem. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I found that very interesting because
5: I you know that uh onyx or yeah, that onyx stone or that onyx ring that you gave me, I just I didn't know that that was the stone for Leo. Yep, I think that's kind of why I manifest like onyx and into my life all the time. <clears throat> yeah. Onyx is really well, like the the the, the ring that you gave me that you let me borrow sometimes. It's really really nice. It's really pretty, uh, but it's really strong for me personally. Like I'm I'm my sign is Cancer and I'm very sensitive to a lot of different things. So I find that whenever I, I, I usually, I typically only wear that ring when I really need to block out everything because for me, that ring is super strong and it is. It, it just, it just blocks out everything. Like I don't get anything and I, and I don't personally, I don't really like that kind of, I don't like, I don't really like it blocking out everything. I like to be aware I need of that what are, are around me. Yeah. I like to be aware of what energies around me because I'm just weird. You know what I mean? Like, I like to be aware. I like to block it out some and have control over that stuff, but it's just, it's uh-huh. just too strong for me, really, um, you know, unless I'm going into gigantic crowds, you know, Right. Like I don't do very often. Yeah, I had been trying to ask, like, uh, I was wearing the ring and I was um – I kept trying to astral project, and I was like, why can I not astral project? It's like, I can't astral project. And then I realized, like, it was the ring. It was because I was wearing the ring.
4: Yeah, it's, like I it's really
5: strong. Yeah. It's really good at keeping you anchored very firmly to the earth. <laughs> yeah. Well, I need that sometimes, though. Yeah, I, I, just, I, I do, I had too, forgotten. But- but but not onyx though. Onyx is too much for me. But I really love my hematite. Though. That seems to be more my my speed. Hematite, it's a little gentler. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely a little bit, it's a pretty soft kind of stone, you know. Okay. But I it, it works for me better because then I can feel grounded and have that grounding around me if I need it but with that but be also be aware of what energies are around me because I'm super sensitive to that kind of stuff, you know. Right. Exactly. So we've played right. a song this whole time. I know we have just been going off on this topic. Um I'm really really loving it though. So would you like me to play a song? I haven't even I, I haven't do. even gotten one ready. Really? <laughs> Uh uh-uh, uh, because I just been totally chatting. Um, maybe I can find a Bell Tanya song. That would be a good song to play. right know. Let's see. A Mayday song. Um, oh, I think this is the Incubus, Succubus song. Bell I Tanya. love Incubus, Succubus. I know you do. How about if I play Incubus, Succubus, Beltanya? That is cool. They're one of my favorite Pagan bands, and I'm so glad that some of their songs are on there. I know. um, Let's definitely, uh, I would love to have them on the show at some point and really um, delve into, like, where their music comes from. Yeah. So this is a shout-out to Incubus Succubus. If you want to be on our show, let us know. We would love to have you. (laughs) Yeah, that would be amazing. So what what were you gonna say? I feel like I cut you off. I'm sorry. Oh, I thought you were gonna play the song. I'm sorry. I am. I thought you were gonna say okay. All right. So here's Incubus. Incubus built on you. with Maggie the Green and Daphne Jewel, and that was Incubus Seccubus Beltanya. What'd you think about the, the song, Mom? I thought it was really good. I like her voice. It's very like powerful. I love her voice. I just I just love them. I I just love them. I know you do. I know you do. I like it too. That's awesome. Um so, where were we at? Oh. I didn't get to to talk about yarrow. Is that okay if I talk yeah. about
3: that? Okay, yeah. Cause I would I love,
5: just, to I, love yarrow. I love yarrow so much. It's literally one of my favorite herbs. It's so amazing. Um I think it's one of those really really overlooked and underrated herbs. So, it it's um it's a flowering plant. And it has yeah. the prettiest yeah. fern-like leaves. And it can if come in different thing. color flowers. Yeah, so it can be red, pink, salmon, yellow, and white. And the variety that I have is yellow. And yellow, yarrow is... Huh? It is a uh, yellow yarrow um, native? To uh, this region of right the world, yes, yes. So yellow yarrow is native to the southeast, and that's why I chose the yellow. Is because it's a native type, and you know it's found all through the temperate regions. It grows wild. Um, every well, it used to grow wild everywhere, all across the temperate regions. You know, um, North America, Europe, Asia you know, all through the temperate regions. Okay. So yarrow, um, and so one of the things that I really love about yarrow is because it's really good for your garden. Yarrow actually enhances your soil quality, and it repels um, certain types of pests. So like bad bugs that eat your flowers and eat your vegetables, yarrow will repel it. That's really cool. Is that why you got it, or what was the reasoning behind you, you um, planting Yarrow? Um, okay, so all of these things, so everything. Oh. Um, <laughs> yarrow is, yeah, I got it because it's an overall amazing. It's an amazing plant. So it um, has the. It's considered lucky in Chinese culture, in British folklore. Um, A yarrow leaf held against your eyes was believed to give you second sight or clairvoyance. You can also use the leaves to make a tea to help with your second sight or to help with divination. Um, Birds, uh, like starlings, like to use yarrow leaves in their nests. It's been used as medicine, and every single aspect of the plant has been used as medicine since um, 1200 B.C., so that means you can use the flowers, the stalks, the leaves, and the root. You can use every aspect of it. And as a matter of fact, during the Middle Ages, yarrow was used in beer. It was used in, in beer. beer. hmm Like to, when they made when they made uh, beer in the Middle Ages, they used yarrow and hops. I did I, mean, I don't know. use it that way. I know. It has, like, a really interesting history. So um, it has, like, a sweet, somewhat bitter flavor. So when you're making your leaves with tea or you're making a tea with the leaves, you might want to add some honey or something. You know, those things that are always good for you in nature tend to have a bit of a bitter flavor. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, so you said it's a really good yarrow. Um, You said that yarrow is really good for uh, divination purposes and you can make a tea out of it. Um, I was wondering, uh, does it make you sleepy at all? Actually, um, it has been used for relaxation to help you go to sleep. Because I think that would be a really great idea if I could use the yarrow that we have and make a tea out of it and drink a tea before I go to bed. Well, see, here's the thing. Um, You would not be able to use yarrow because it could possibly interact with your medications. What? Uh, I mean... Right, so... So, like, um, you may have to be careful with because you, um, because of the blood thinners. So, well, yeah. I
0: mean,
5: but you can definitely I'll, ask your doctor. I will do that. Yes. Yeah, definitely ask your doctor, um, and your, um, and like your herbal therapist or whatever. She would probably know as well if you can take. Yarrow, because not only is yarrow good for um, sleepiness, it also is really good for um, inflammatory issues. So the stalks and the roots and the flowers and the leaves can all help with inflammatory issues. And the leaves used to be used as a poultice. Uh, for what For so, for anything Pretty much Right so like let's say you get um, A boo boo or a cut Or um, A bruise or something like that You would uh, Use the leaves to make a poultice And put it on your Wound and that will help It heal faster And um, it's also really You can put the poultices if you get Mastitis like th- when you're Breastfeeding and things like that um, you can put the leaves, uh, make a poultice with the leaves, and put them on your breasts, and that will help your mastitis go away. Oh, uh, I've never had any kids, but that's really cool. I'm sure that was very useful, you know, back in the day when we didn't have uh, uh, medicines and stuff. Right, Especially exactly. since it's that's all over what I'm the saying. world. Yeah, and and that's one of the things that's so wonderful about it, and that's one of the things why I like tout it's it's wonderfulness is because it grows really quickly. It's good for your garden. You can use it internally and externally for a bunch of different things. Cool. So I I would definitely love to try a tea made out of it if I if I can. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, I have plenty, plenty of leaves, and um, also it's really pretty in the garden. Uh, that's another reason why I like it. And,
0: uh, yeah, yeah it's very pretty. If you cool.
5: are able, I will absolutely make you some tea. For sure. Cool. That's awesome.
1: Yeah.
3: So, so what else do you have on your mind tonight?
0: Um, I'm... I'm pretty sure that's that's all I
5: had on my agenda for tonight.
0: Just making sure uh yeah.
5: I I, I think I had everything I think I, I touched on everything on my aden- on my agenda for tonight. Awesome. I think I touched on everything from my agenda tonight. So what do we have coming up? Um like show wise? Yeah, just you know, in, in general or you know, anything you want to share or any, you know, I really want to make sure that I shout out and let people know, please call in. Um we'll be back in two weeks or actually we won't be back in two weeks because um there's a third Wednesday in in a in May. There's a th- a third Wednesday in May. Oh yeah, we will we'll be back in two weeks. I'm like I'm confused uh-huh. on the date. Hold on. Yes, today is the second. Yesterday was Belle Tanya. So today is the second, and we will be back on the 16th. And if you are interested in being a guest on our show, please let us know, because we don't have a guest lined up for the 16th. And, um, you know, if you would like to be a guest on our show, or if you want to just call in and share your pagan story, or um if you just want to be a part of the show for one evening, Reach out to us and let us know. You can reach out to our email. You can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. So there's a lot um, to reach out to us. There's a yeah. There's a I would I would love to have uh, uh, another person on the show or to have a guest or. Um, anything you know, really, even just like a caller just to call in and have a comment or something that would be really cool or a story or to share an experience that they have that would be really awesome and um yeah, and you don't and you don't have to listen to us live, you know you can listen to the recording, We would like for you to listen to us live because you know you can call in and make a comment if you want. But uh, you can also if you're not able to, you can also always listen to the recorded uh show. Uh did mom, did you figure out how to how to um, put the uh make the Instagram? Can we link the Instagram and the Facebook together whenever we make the Instagram? Um, yeah, we can totally do that. I think we have a caller. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Should I take the call? <laughs> Do we have a caller? Really? Yeah, oh, I'm wow. gonna play. Yeah, I'm gonna play a song, and I'm gonna put you in the green room, and you can ask our guest what they would like to talk about. Oh, cool! We've never had a caller before. Okay, all right. Let's let's go. All right, all right. I'm gonna play Incubus, Succubus, Belladonna, and Echinites, and we'll we be play this
0: song first. But that's okay, yeah.
5: Plus. and we're back live with maggie the green and daphne Jewell.
3: yeah so what, I what happened
5: our, I, I guess our caller got a little shy which is totally okay um it can be kind of scary calling in or you know going on air for the first time if you've never done it before i know the first time i went on air i was not prepared at all um and that's okay so um hopefully maybe in the future we can continue to have more callers and um we can you know have a connect with our audience and stuff that would be super fun yes that would be super fun well and i would just like to give a shout out to the caller please call us back someday and share your story because we really would love to hear your story Absolutely. And we will see you guys in two weeks. Yep, so we're signing off. Good night, everyone. Good night from Maggie the Green and Daphne Jewel. This is Petals and Potions on Pagans Tonight Radio Network. Better living through nature. Sorry about that. I had to restart. There we go.
3: You're listening to Pagans Tonight. Pagans Unite on Pagans Tonight. Many paths, one network. For over
5: five years, we've been the place to connect with the best, brightest, and most trusted voices
3: in the pagan world. Every night is Pagans Tonight.